If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. My name is Rock Thomas. I'm the host of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life podcast. And you might be wondering, why do I do this every single week? Why do I interview people and talk about the importance of money? Well, I'm here to help you create financial freedom and fulfillment, the whole life millionaire. If you're working harder than ever before and not seeing any progress, you're not alone. If you don't have a supportive environment or network to raise your personal standards of success, you're not alone. But I would like to invite you to jump on a call with somebody on my team so you can change all of that. Just head over to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and learn how you can take your life and business to the next level by being in the right environment, surrounded by the right people and with the right strategies. So go ahead, rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, and let's start taking your life to the next level today. Welcome to another session of Rock Your Money and Rock Your Life, where we take care of you becoming a millionaire. My name is Rock Thomas. I'm your host, and I am your whole life millionaire mentor. I've helped 70 people in the last five years become whole life millionaires, and maybe you're next on the list. Today's guest is somebody that's near and dear to my heart because he's a guy that makes it happen without needing any money. Now, later you can top it off with marketing, but check this out. Gus was born on the border of Mexico, right close to San Diego. He got a scholarship to study computer engineering and excelled at Microsoft when they recruited him and he relocated to Seattle. Gus had it all, six-figure salary, new house, new car, everything you could want and you think that the middle class wants. But he realized that it's a fake dream, that you are really just in a glorified rat race. It was somebody else's dream, as he says. He took the plunge into entrepreneurship in 2013 and essentially started from scratch at the age of 33. He now runs one of the largest in-size sales teams in real estate in North America, Power ISA, that has 85 agents strong, making about 50,000 outbound dials a day and setting about 100 appointments with buyers and sellers every day, mostly from Facebook leads and real estate. He runs a seven-figure business and has over 600 active clients. He's very passionate about helping other business owners successful uh, on the online marketing field and the lead follow-up conversions. He's also passionate about teaching others. Both his parents were public school teachers. He got a bit with the entrepreneurial bug or he got bit by the bug. And as a teacher at heart, He's really good at building his teams and, and, and getting them to do what they need to do and coaching them and educating customers on how we solve their problems and how he understands the problems and fears that are associated with all of that. And finally, he's got a Facebook group with over 2,000 members where he posts live daily information newsletter, 2,000 subscribers, and you can learn a lot more about him. But today we're going to learn live. Gustavo, welcome. Thanks so much, Rock. Lo- love to be here. Yeah, super. So 
You know, a lot of people want to build a business like you've built, but they don't know where to start. They don't know how to scale. They don't know how to manage people, hire and train. So, and as Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life, I am helping a lot of people go from what, what you were, the job, W, you know, W2 to entrepreneur. So I want to talk about that a little bit. When you got the job at Microsoft and you had all of that, when did the disappointment set in and what was that like for you? Oh, yeah. And, you know, and one of the things, you know, I love about your show is that you're really open about that, you know, how you can fall into that trap. Right. And, you know, uh, and, you know, is it enough? Right. It's it's was it not enough. Not enough is not enough is right. So it's like, you know, I, I think a lot of folks experience that, but I don't think it's really clear rock that that's that that's it. It just gets a little harder to get up in the morning. Right. It gets a little bit more difficult to put in a few extra hours at work. Um, I was in the high tech field. And 70-hour weeks, 80-hour weeks are not, it's not the norm, but it's not rare to have that, right? It's just part of the lifestyle. You're paid a lot of money, and a lot is expected from you. There, are, there is no overtime in software, right? There's nothing like that. You go in and you make it, uh, you make it happen, you know, and yeah, and it's a grind sometimes, but you're, you're satisfied. Well, sometimes, you know, it starts to creep up on you. For me, it started to creep up on me. I, I, I moved to Seattle, you know, from, from growing up in Mexico on the border, you know, and, and going to school and everything, making it to Microsoft was like, you know, uh, you know, like making it to the major leagues, like the NFL, right? I was a minor celebrity in my town uh, for making it, right? You know, I, I did a talk in my high school. My parents were like, you know, beaming was great, right? Um, but there comes a time where you kind of start to realize, yeah, it's a dream, right? But it might not be your dream. It might not be what you actually want. And you know, you, you, and you try to, you know, cover it up with stuff, right? You know, I had the house, the car, my wife, I met my, my wife in Mexico. She moved up with me and I was like, you know, I was, I was living a lifestyle, new cars, new house, going to Vegas, these trips, Europe, just, you know, trying to do all these things rock to kind of like cover up that something was missing, right? Something yeah. was missing after your fourth, fifth trip to Vegas, after you, you know, you're living to do for those distractions. And, and, but, but, you know, you, you kind of have to identify what you're passionate about, what you want to do, what are you really meant to do? Where your, where are your talents? And it took me a long time. I'm not, you know, uh, at 33, I made the, the plunge. I probably knew at about 25, 26, maybe, maybe 27. It took a little bit, a little bit longer, 27. I knew, I knew that, that I needed to make a change. I, I had that like quarter century crisis, the call, right? That a lot of millennials <laughs> go through, you know, it's like, well, you know, is this all there is in life? Is this, is this next for me? What it really was is that I was not fulfilling my purpose. I was not, you know, betting on myself. I was not doing uh, what I wanted to do. I was living my, my parents' dream, right? You know, right. going to big corporation, make six figures, and have that amazing lifestyle. And, you know, and I remember something really clearly rocked. My first boss at Microsoft, he actually saw this. This is funny. He saw this in me the first year. He saw it. He was an entrepreneur. He had a, yeah. he had a restaurant on the side. He's, yeah. He always had a side gig. He had a side hustle. He's like, Gus, I'm not sure, you know, if I should be super happy for you or super sorry for you, bro. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, you know, because, you know, this job, Microsoft is great. It's one of the best jobs I've ever had. But, you know, I'm 50, whatever, right? And, you know, and this is this is okay for me because I've got something else. I'm like, this is all you've got and you're 20, you know, four. I'm like, you know, I don't, I, I, you know if you want to be an employee, this is, this is the best place you're ever going to be. But if you're not going to be an employee, this, is, this might not be the place for you, right? And I had no clue what he meant by that. No idea. It was like a little bit of an offhand comment, a little, little tongue-in-cheek, a little bit of a joke. 
but he was dead serious, right? You know, and, and, it, and it never resonated with me until later. Oh, that's what he meant. He saw that I had talents that weren't going to be appreciated in that place. Microsoft. Microsoft's a great company. I'm not going to knock Microsoft. But, you know, I, and I became a manager there, became a senior engineer. I was going up the corporate ladder. And then it just, it just I, I lost the motivation to keep climbing that ladder, right? I said, okay, um, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. And let's, the next stock option, the bigger bonus, and the bigger thing. But something funny happened, right? My wife... This, you know, this is a common thing. Your, your partner in life usually, you know, ends up having a huge influence over you, right? My, my wife and her family, she came from an entrepreneurial background, right? I always thought it was weird. And that was kind of like a strange way to kind of, you know, bring up. My, I did not come from an entrepreneurial background. My family was not entrepreneurial, um, you know, but, but I, kind of, I, I kind of saw another way of being. I kind of saw examples of different things. And, and I started to do like side hustles, right? My wife got licensed in real estate in 2008, like when the world was ending. And I, and I, I got exposed to that, right? And I had more fun helping her, even through that crazy market. And as it started to pick up again in 2010, um, I, I had more fun helping her nights and weekends. It became more entertaining uh, doing a commission-only sales job. And this is the craziness, right, Rock? Commission-only sales job. I had a, I had not just like a W two, right? I had the best W two you can get yeah. in, you know, in the U.S. This is like, you know, I don't want to understate that. Oh yeah, I went from a crappy job into real estate. I went from a great job uh, into real estate because it, it it became more important to me to follow my skill set, my purpose, my calling, than to make a ton of money guaranteed every year. And, and you, I know for a lot of people it's crazy, but I mean that's that's one hundred percent the truth. Were you enticed by the fact that? you were going to be paid for what you put in versus trading time for money? A hundred percent. I saw the earning potential to be huge, but, but you know, it, it's the earning potential is always what kind of catches your attention, but the control you have the, the, and then, and then rock, I was good at it. Right. I could talk to, I had kind of the gift of gab. I could talk to people. I could convert leads. I could convert, I could make, you know, appointments into clients and, you know, my wife noticed it right away. Holy cow, you should do this, right? You take this appointment. You take, she literally handed the phone to me one time. Hey, take this call. You get, take care of this for me, right? And I was just, that was something I was good at. It's so funny because when I was in real estate, the, the, the exact thing happened opposite with my wife. I was, she was a mortgage broker. I was a real estate agent. We met that way. She was killing it in mortgages, but my business started to take off so much with real estate that every once in a while, it'd be like, I'd be on one phone, the other phone would be ringing, she'd grab it, but because she was in the field, she could handle it. And then she started to go, you know what? I think I could come over here, we could team up and we could do better. We went on to make a, sell 100 homes a year. Then we bought the Remax franchise we were in and took it from 94 agents to 270. And that's when we kind of got that crazy momentum of when you pour into people and you train them and you make them better, then more people want to come to your establishment. And that's what I've gotten really good at. And it looks like you've gotten really good at that yourself. So talk us through that next stage now, you got into real estate that way, and now you have this you know, huge organization with, is it 85 agents? Yep, 85 agents, actually 90 today. This morning, 90 full-time employees, full-time employees, yeah. So you've had to, so you're familiar with Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrants? 100%, yeah, that yeah. was, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is, you know, one of those, one of those books, man, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So just for the listeners, on the left side, there's four quadrants. On the left side is employee and self-employed, which basically you own a job, but you're still doing a job. The other side is where we want to get people for freedom. And that's what Gustavo has done. He's got a, a business that he operates where he's leveraged people and resources and technology to create revenue that keeps on coming in and eventually get people to the point where they're great investors. So you, I say you increase your earn, decrease your burn and invest the rest. But I, for many years, Gustavo, and I don't know if you had this and then we'll get back to your business is I was really good at the first three quadrants and really bad at the fourth one. I invested literally, literally in a gold mine in Australia, a quarter of a million dollars, lost it all. I invested with my brother-in-law. I invested with my brother. I invested with my best friend. And every time I did that, just because I did it because I wanted connection and I wanted to be cool, I would lose all the money I'd worked hard for until I started to surround myself with people that were smarter than me. And this morning, you know, have uh, you heard of a company called EXP? Yep, 100%. So I own a bunch of their stock and they've gone for a two in one split. The stock's up like 14%. So I've made today what most people make in a year. And all of that because I've surrounded myself with the right people. So did you have a period of time where your, your investment quadrant was not as good as it could be? And then we're going to come back to the business conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when I was at Microsoft, you know, just something you did, right? You were making a ton of money, you know, you wanted to put it into the stock market, into your 401k, into, so there was always a part of my money that went into it, because I had plenty of money to do that investing, right? When I started my business, I'm going to be super honest with you, and, and, and I know you believe this 100%, I scaled back my lifestyle, right? Yes. I rented out the new house. Yes. I got rid of one of my cars. I moved from a 2,000 square foot brand new house in the, in the Seattle suburbs to a one bedroom apartment, preemptively rock. I'm like, I'm gonna give myself a year of runway, right? If I make zero money, zero dollars, I'm not gonna be stressing, like where am I gonna pay the, you know, how am I gonna pay the mortgage the next month? I, I, that was my Microsoft mortgage, my Microsoft car, my Microsoft lifestyle. And I'm like, screw that, right? I don't want that. I'm, I'm very, so this is great. I'm a very risk averse person, Rock, right? I know yeah. myself, right? I, you know, I was like, that's probably been my biggest achievement of entrepreneurship, knowing myself even more. Um, I, knew, I understood what would make me go back to, to, to getting that paycheck if I ran out of money. So I made sure that with the money I had, cash, liquid, I could live a year without worrying about that because I was 33 at the time, right? I'm like, there's going to be a lot of lessons that I'm going to learn at 33 that maybe other entrepreneurs learned at 23, living in their parents' basement, right? I had a wife. You know, I, I wanted to start a family eventually. So I'm like, I need to give myself a little bit of room. So I downgraded my lifestyle. So for a few years, for sure, I was not putting any money, uh, zero money into like stocks, into, into you know, other investments. Um, but it, the only exception I made during those years was real estate. That was, if I, if, man, if I found a good deal, you know, I would scratch, claw and scratch and find the money to make it happen. I, I actually bought, recently bought another property in, in Mexico. Yeah. I put money into it. I got three other investors, family friends to put money into it. So I'm like, this is a good deal. So, so I never let the lack of like a bunch of cash yes. stop me from making investing. So, so I will give myself credit for that. I, I, real estate has been the exception 
yeah. as I'm building a business. But, but I definitely pulled away from like the stock market, you know, crypto, those things. Because uh, I was just, you know, I was just distracted. I was, I was, yeah. I was yeah. building I a business, putting every dime into my business. Only a couple of exceptions that were and were just real estate deals that were too good to pass up. So if you're if you're listening to this, I want to break this down because this is gold. You know what what um, what we're talking about really is real estate is the chugger in the background. It's the one that you know you don't wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and you wait, and it just starts to build and build and build. And after two three years, it starts to turn profit and the equity builds up. And before you know it, you have a lot of assets that are cash flowing. And what I love about what you said is that you did exactly what I teach, is you decreased your burn. You moved into a smaller place. You downgraded your car. You got lean and mean and you got hungry and you went out there for a period of time. I did exactly like your brother from another mother. I When I bought the real estate office, I sold my house, moved into a rental, sold one of my cars. My wife and I shared a car. And I deeded over all my sales to, to pay for the, the, the purchase of the company. And I doubled down and doubled up and went all in. And before I knew it, a couple of years later, I was making over a million dollars a year. So it's the same formula. That's why I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that with us. So, so how much, what, what do you have now? You, do you own a bunch of real estate? Uh, I, not not nearly enough as I want. Um, you know, I have three units that I rent out. You know, they're all cash flowing units. I purchased them as I was an entrepreneur because I didn't dabble in that before when I was an engineer. I did it as an entrepreneur, right? And trust me, it's always easier to buy real estate when you have a fat W two than when you have you know a, right. a realtor's you know tax. They all roll their eyes, right? At the, at yeah. the, the lenders, you know, I hate that. Um, but you know, I, I, I made it happen. You know, and, and I'm planning on building more on that, especially multifamily is a big thing. I wanna I wanna get more of because uh, some of those homes I've converted into like duplexes, and I love the economics of it. I'm like, hey, this makes way more sense uh, than the single family game. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so invested in real estate, chugging in the background, you're pouring money. Let's talk about the business now. How did you? When when did you? How old are you now? I'm 40 years young. So it's seven years you've been this entrepreneurial guy. Talk us a little bit through, um, you know, first you probably started calling and then you started to build a team because the skill set to go from, you know, independent or self-employed to business owner, it's different. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. And I think it's very, especially in real estate, it's very easy uh, to be to, to buy yourself a job. Right. Yeah. 100 percent. You're, you're doing everything. You're 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 doing, you know, the, the lead generation. You're doing the nurturing, the sales, the fulfillment, all of those pieces of a business. Uh, you're doing every single section of those on your own. And, 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 and there's never any time to hire people. There's right. never any good people to hire because they all mess up and you got to take that work back. The, the, you, you hire someone, they don't work out. You're doing more work than they were before they were there because you're trying to get them out of the way and take the work back. And, <laughs> and you're going to right? 100%. And, and so, and, and I would see it all around me. And I did that, to be really honest with you. I did yeah. that as I was beginning because rock, one thing that I thought would transfer from my corporate job to my entrepreneurship, I know how to build teams. I know, I know how to build teams. I know how to hire. I'm good. I was a cog in a hiring machine, which was Microsoft. 
I did not know how to source candidates. I did not know how to weed out the good from the bad. I was fed, spoon fed the world's best talent. And I picked, you know, the best of the best, right? That's what I knew how to do. I did not know anything about hiring a team, building a team, really holding a team accountable. And if they did, weren't a great fit, deselecting someone from a team. I don't think I've ever shared this before, Rock. I never fired a single person in 10 years at Microsoft. And I was a manager for most of those years, seven of those 10 years. I didn't fire one person. Why not? Because I, uh, I, was, I, was I could find a way to get them off my team. I could always find a way to hand off, I'm being super honest, to hand them off to somebody else. You know what? This might be a better fit for you. Yeah, I think, you know, let's, let's try to find a way. I'm going to, you know, point you to where more aligned with your purpose or whatever it is. I can find a reason to, hey, look for something more interesting and, and, and find a way to get them off my team, right? I never took accountability and said, you should not be an employee of this business because I didn't have to. I mean, th there was a way to do it a different right. way, right? And, what's your and disc, that was what's comfortable. Your model? What's that? What's your disc? Uh, my disc is high S and high C. That's, that's, you know, dominant piece, right? So avoiding the conflict, you know, yeah. uh, definitely want to, want to try to, my tendency is to try to get along with everyone. Right. So the leadership, holding people accountable has been a skill I've had to, have to lean into, right. I've had to build. And trust me, when you are, the bottom line depends on you and it's your money on the line. I learned more that first year in real estate than at 10 years in Microsoft. Yeah. That first year, seeing that bank account go to zero that first year was like, that is all the motivation I needed to really turn things around and, and just try something different. So how did you develop the, the skill set to hire and source talent and then put them in the right place and train them properly? Uh, so so I, through, I joined Keller Williams as a brokerage and I really have to credit them. They had really, really good training. So the recruit select uh, uh, process. So I learned that process and I actually coached with one of the consultants from that program, right? So one of the guys helped develop the original training and deliver it at a high level, D.R. Whitson, who was a, my, my awesome coach up in Seattle, uh, helped me work. He literally was on the phone with me when I fired my first guy. I said, Gus, this is how you do it. That's how it's done. Good job. Move on to the next one, right? So I needed a lot of hand-holding, Rock. I'm not one of those guys that kind of figured it out on my own. I needed help. I needed coaching. I needed feedback. But I, I, I figured it out. And it was a really simple formula that I use even right now. Set unbelievably clear expectations on what a high-performing person is supposed to do, right? Be unambiguous that they have to meet that standard to remain on your team. Whenever someone joins my team or gets promoted into a new position, even in my company right now, the first three months, it's always on a trial basis because what happens in any organization is you get promoted to your level of incompetence, right? And now with 100, almost 100 employees, that's happening within my organization too. So you always, there's always a risk to get promoted to your level of incompetence. You're always on a trial basis. If you can meet that, that standard in those 90 days, you get to keep that job. Otherwise, you're, you don't earn the right to join that team. And that happens even with the entry-level positions. You have to earn the right to stay on that team. And once you when they accept you on the team, you have to earn the right to remain on that team. So that, I mean, it's a really simple concept, Rock. It's very simple to express, very difficult to implement on a consistent basis. That yeah. changed the way I, 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 I post my openings, the way I interview, the way we hire people. Um, and that principle has helped me scale. I was struggling with two, three teammates. At the yeah. I couldn't manage them. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't make money with them. I made less money with my team than, than, than without my team. So, yeah. so that, changing that mindset and that expectation setting just blew things up for me. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I would agree with you. The Recruit Select, which is a two-day course, I think, um, was a game changer for me in the hiring process. And for those of you that are listening, if you're going to build a business, you've got to look at the hiring process and their training and what you talked about the first 90 days and setting those markers in place and setting the expectations as a completely different skill set. And you mentioned, you know, I, I didn't figure it out on my own. I, I need to be, I have my hand held. Here's how I'm going to frame that for you. Number one is <laughs> you can learn from trial and error. But trial and error is the longest teacher because it means you've got to try a bunch of shit that isn't going to work. And then you'll learn eventually and the school of hard knocks. Or you can take a course or be mentored or coached by somebody else and you can get the information in a much shorter period of time. The information will come both ways, but if you want to have rapid success, and that's been my experience and I think yours also, is you continually hire mentors and coaches in your life that know the road ahead, Right, I say your friends are comfortable with your present, your mentors are comfortable with your future, and then you can rapidly grow and you can get the results quicker unless you just want to get smacked around silly by life because you have nothing better to do. So it comes down to a mindset of are you willing to invest financially into your rapid growth or are you thinking, I don't have the money, I don't want to hire somebody, I don't want to be exposed or what have you. So I like the fact that you recognize that and, and you accelerated that. So then you start to hire people uh, bit by bit. How did you get to 90 people? Uh, so product market fit, product market fit. If it's one thing, it's that. The, the, so the, the reason I, I, I moved from like real estate teams and real estate business into an inside sales business as I was building my own inside sales team, right? And I decided to build a team to work for me in Mexico, which is where I'm from. I said, hey, I can find people with that hustle mentality uh, that, that, that can, they can you know, speak like Americans uh, that want to work and want to you know, really hustle and, and, and make stuff happen for me in the U.S. When I built that team in Mexico, I had four other agents in my office pounding the door like trying to knock my door down uh, to have them build them a team or, or, or get, get them at least one ISA to work for them or different variations of that. So I said, so and you know this, Rock, in real estate, we have to pound the door to get people to work with us, right? we got to go hustle and convince them and close them and convert them. I had never had a business where people were calling me and hey, I want to work with you. What do you charge? Boom, here it is. Just do this for me because this is hard and it's difficult and you seem to like be really good at it, right? So we're seeing what I was doing. I think one of the ISAs that I trained and hired set 22 listing appointments for me like their second or third month, right? So like, okay, I think so Gus understands, you know, he could, I could do like the technical part, like the dialers and the lists and the management. I could like systematize it. And I was good enough at sales. I'm not, I'm not a sales master. I was good enough to where I could teach it to people and hold them accountable pretty quickly, right? So people saw that and they go, Gus, you've got this down, bro. I mean, let me hire you. And, and that rock, right? Finding product market fit, finding something the market really, really needed uh, is what helped me grow. You know, I, it's like solving problems, right? You, were, you found a place where you were good at it, you started to solve problems, and then people come to you. When you're a problem solver, opportunities come to you. And a lot of people are like, God, you know what? I, I, I wanna grow, but I don't know how to be really good at solving those problems and just like we had a conversation we'll continue to have a conversation hopefully we'll be able to do something together and you'll solve a problem that i have because you're an expert at what you do so i encourage people is get in your lane get in the right lane and then skills pay the bills so get skilled 
Don't just go, oh, I'm a real estate agent and I show properties. No, know your market, know your competition, know the pricing structure, handle objections, be knowledgeable about changes that the political environment is going to affect you, the stock market, like get knowledgeable in what you do and then you're an expert and then you'll feel confident and because you're competent, you'll get paid accordingly. So where are you going to go from here? What's the next big challenge for you? Uh, for me, you know, it's always about what is the market asking for? Where is the market going? And there's a couple of different trends that I'm seeing that are probably only going to accelerate. And that is movement towards, uh, you know, from, from, you know, inside sales from being a phone call intensive process. I'm already seeing it shift to being a texting messaging intensive process. So that's one of the big goals for the company this year. How can we add massive, massive value? Uh, to, for people that for, for leads that are being converted more and more over texting over messaging that's one thing right because I think we can add a, a ton of value there's a lot of automation in that in that space rock but but you know I think for the people the practitioners know that automation isn't the only solution right automation helps a ton automation doesn't set appointments automation doesn't get you know business through the door so we want to help out and combine automation people powered solution uh, to get you know realtors and other industries more better results in the messaging space. That's one huge goal. Another huge goal is that we want to try and leverage the processes we've already built. I have leaders in my team that I've developed and I and they have stuff to share, right? I think that we can actually help teach the industry our, our training process, our managing process. So I want to create opportunities for myself and my leadership team to help and coach and train other folks outside of just the, our immediate so we have a ton of clients. But there's another, you know, 1.9 million realtors we haven't reached yet, right? Uh, that we can help educate and provide more services to. So those two things are, are one of my big focuses for this year, 2021. I love it. I love it a lot. I love the way you're thinking as how to how to adapt and how to shift and how to um, you know be in, on the leading edge of the market change. And the world is changing so quickly right now that if you don't do that, you will be left behind. So that's great. Um, we talked before you're in Houston, uh, you, you have a place in Mexico, um, you have people virtually all over the world and so you could live wherever you want now, right? A hundred percent. You know, you know, I mean, that's one of the, you know, the good, take the good with the bad. Uh, one of the, one of the positive things of the pandemic and COVID for us is that it pushed us to become a 100% virtual company. Um, yeah. Out of necessity, back in back in the spring, uh, but even as we were allowed to come back, my team was telling me, Gus, this remote thing is like ten times better, than, you know, than, than than having to commute, having to do this, having to get up earlier, get, you know, get the bus, drive in, whatever they had to do. Like we can get up, we can get more sleep. We can, it's like it's like a raise. Like we're making it's like we're making more money, right? So they asked me to find a way to make remote work, right? And I was re I'm be, I, I, I'm really honest. I was the guy not wanting to do that. People had asked for it. I said no, because, you yeah. know, I was from that real estate team. You got to be in the room. You got to pound yeah. the chest. You got to get that energy going. Yeah. And, and what I discovered, Rock, is that I think 90% of folks, uh, again, being in the room helped. My leadership team, we were in the room for years, right? So, so I don't think I would have been able to develop the, the strength and the talent on my leadership team to make this transition if we wouldn't have been in the room together. So that's number one. So I don't want to like say this is super easy, but we realized that we, we found a way to source, hire, and train talent that was not just in our local area, a huge limiting factor. I was in a small town in Mexico. Yeah. I was not in Mexico City. 
yeah. it was hard to get people to move out there and get them in there. So that was another thing that was holding me back, sourcing talent. I was able to more than double in size in 2020 because we went virtual. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Um, if people want to get hold of you or maybe somebody wants to come be in your world to get trained by you, be on your team, what have you, what's the best way for them to, to connect with you? Uh, my website is the best way, PowerISA, all one word, PowerISA.com, and also Facebook. You look me up on Facebook. I've got kind of a unique name, so it's pretty easy to, to, to look up or look for PowerISA on Facebook and I'll pop up there. Okay, fantastic. We'll put all of that stuff in the show notes. And if you're enjoying this episode, please remember to subscribe, share it with your friends so that we can help you rock your money and rock your life and theirs as well. I sincerely want to thank you for being on the call today. Here, you've witnessed a real, true entrepreneurial transformation story today with Gustav, who, who was living the American dream until he realized that it isn't a dream at all, it's a trap. And I, for one, am all about helping people get out of the trap so that you can lead an epic life and lead a life on your terms and have it all. So thanks for joining us on this episode. We'll see you on the next Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.